0: Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back the Return the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the cast Newest news on the oldest stories. From bubble bath to belt buckles. From 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss. Alien bounty hunter. From the Star Wars collection. Watch it! We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia
1: Alive!
0: With informative features and personal collecting stories Offer expires December 31st, 1979 An to with The Supreme Master, the Emperor Brought to you by the Star Wars Collectors Archive The SWCA.com Featuring your host, Sky Payne. Even Kevako, Kevako, Kevako. This week's co-host, Steven B. Danley. I've got you now, Betty Kenobi. Star Wars Early Bird Certificate Package. New from Kenner. Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Wampa, Wampa, everybody. This is Sky Payne, the host of the official Star Wars Collector's Archive podcast. Before I bring my co-host, Steve into the studio, I want to tell you a little bit about why I'm doing this and what this is. I listen to thousands of hours of podcasts a year, hundreds of hours a month, and I collect a lot of vintage Star Wars toys. So I thought, why not put the two things together? Now, I'm not sure if this is going to work. This is an experiment. I'm going to need your feedback. I'm going to need your opinions, your ideas. I'm going to really need... The whole vintage community to be in this podcast. Now when I say vintage community, I don't mean five or six people that I happen to know. I don't mean people that have only been collecting since 1977 or since 1995. I mean anybody who does or who wants to collect the old Star Wars toys and memorabilia that we love. Everybody is welcome on this podcast. It is inclusive. Now what you're going to hear... Is not exactly a polished product. It was recorded over several different sessions. I'm still figuring out how to use this weird ball microphone thing. Sometimes it'll be a little bit quieter. Sometimes it'll be a little bit louder. I promise you, every single episode is going to get better. It's going to get tighter. It's going to get more professional. But I just want to get this out there. I want to hear what you think. I want your feedback. So you can get a hold of us a couple different ways. You can call us at 877-77-WAMPA. We paid extra for that cool phone number, so you'll hear me mention it probably about a thousand times because it's only the coolest phone number ever. Or you can email us at podcast at the SWCA.com. We'd love to hear from you. We want to know who's listening. So let's get Steve in here and kick off the vintage goodness. Wampa Wampa, everybody. Welcome to the Kivecast. That's right, it's the inaugural Kivecast. It's February 22nd, and this is the podcast for, well, February 2010. I'm your host, Sky Payne, and with me is my co-host, Stephen B. Danley. We call him SBD, silent, but Danley. <laughs> there you go. We're, uh, excuse the clanking, we're drinking water from our... 1983 Return of the Jedi Burger King Cups. I
1: actually had this one, the one with Jabba
0: on it. <laughs> yeah, he's got the one with Jabba and Salacious, and it's got the Gamorrean Guard, like, holding back Leia's arms, kind of like, you know. And I got the one with, uh, with the Emperor. I actually, I don't let anyone drink out of this but me, the Emperor Cup. I'm the only one who gets to drink out of it. Anyways, so who's this for? This is uh, partly, you know, for newbies. If you've never collected uh, vintage toys, or if you have a few and you want to learn a little bit, you don't know the difference between Yak Face or Prune Face or skiff guard or regular Klaatu, I don't think I know the difference between Warok and... What's the one that looks like Warok? Rhomba? Ramba. What's yeah. the difference, Steve?
1: One's brown, one's gray. All right. Well, there you
0: go. Or you can call into the class. Call into the uh, the podcast. Uh, so anyways, if, if you don't know much, you don't know anything, you don't know those differences, we'll have a vocab section. We'll try not to speak and super complicated details. Uh, The way that I see the hobby is it's divided into three things. Uh, And purchasing is actually one-third of the hobby. Say the other two-thirds are researching and socializing. And I don't know about you, Steve, but my favorite thing is those last two things. Buying is fine, but, you know, doing the research and talking to fine folks like yourself, that's what I like. So this is a podcast of that.
1: Precisely. The less stressful things.
0: Yeah, the less stressful thing, because you, know, you run out of money, uh, you get ripped off on a deal, uh, you spend a lot of money, uh, you go broke, you know, wind up using all your funds, you know, wh- however you want to say it, it costs a lot of money. But hey, what if you're an expert? You know everything like Steve, right Steve?
1: I wouldn't say that.
0: Yeah, so if you're an expert like Steve and you know <laughs> everything, well this podcast is for you too. You know, it's uh, going to have interviews with people from the whole world over. Talking about their habits, their passions, their opinions on the hobby. What I was thinking was, you know, if you look at the the rebel scum forums where a lot of the information comes from or you have a lot of these conversations, there's a lot of turnover and the conversation tends to disappear and it kind of goes back in the backlog. I wanted to put something, you know, put it to tape or put it to, uh,
1: put it to record.
0: Okay, that's even more outdated.
1: I don't know. I don't know. We're going back. It's Put it entity.
0: to acetate. <laughs> Put it to MP3, I don't know, MP4. So kind of make it like, you know, an audio magazine of the, of the hobby. Because there's no magazine for the hobby either. So, you know, you can pass the time in your car or at work, and when you're supposed to be doing something else, you can be thinking about old toys. And speaking of that, Steve, you think it's going to be just toys?
1: No, no, we got all sorts of stuff going on. We got
0: right? all sorts of stuff. Why is that? Well, because it's for the archive, It's not just for toy collectors. And, uh, you know, so there's lots of, you know, rare things for thousands of dollars, but it's also for cereal boxes and, and underoos. Glue sticks. Glue sticks. Yeah. You got underoos on right now, Steve? No. Yeah, I, I do. You can't see that. It's a podcast, but I got the, the C-3PO's. and
1: Those yeah. things scare me a little bit.
0: They chafe me. It's terrible. So anyways... Uh, we're going to have a whole series of uh a whole series of features here and without further clatoo let's get on to the news
1: from the stars. watch out it's kenner's news it's kenner's news it's
0: kenner's news here's the news it's kenner's news News from kenner here's the news here's the news
1: Kenner. Here's the It's Kenner's news. New 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 Kenner. Kenner's news.
0: It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's News. So you may be asking yourself, how can there be news? These toys are old. Well sometimes there are events that are announced, questions asked, or discoveries made on the various websites or forums that are out there for vintage collectors, and I think they're of note. And again, what we're trying to do is put this all down so it doesn't escape. You know, put it down on tape, like I like to say. <laughs> without without a doubt, the biggest news of this year for vintage collectors is what, Steve? Yeah, it'd have
1: to be Celebration 5. that's going to be happening in Orlando yeah, I, in August.
0: I like to call it the Celebration 5 in Orlando Guard disguise. <laughs> <laughs> that's the nerdiest possible joke you could make uh, about vintage things. You know, it's Lando or Lando. Right, right, right. You get it? That's (laughs) happening in August. And then, you know, there's two things that matter uh, for vintage collectors with these celebrations. One of them is not Star and the other one is not Wars. It's uh, amusingly enough, the films are secondary or perhaps even tertiary, to use a big vocabulary word, for vintage collectors, the most important things there's two things: one, the room
1: sales, and two are the
0: collector panels. Steve, you ever been to a room sale?
1: Yeah, uh, the first room sale I went to was at Celebration Three. Um, yeah, I was there. I didn't see you there, but I, I, it was it was frightening. <laughs> I think you were being silent but deadly,
0: right? Yeah,
1: I, I definitely <laughs> I was a fly on the wall for that because I uh, I really had no idea what was going on.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> flies are pretty good works. I mean, it was stinky in there. So if it, A lot of sweaty men. If you don't know what a room sale is, it's – I believe they started at Celebration 2, although I guess there must have been one at Celebration 1. It's less talked about. But after the the convention is over for the day, in general, the vintage collectors all congregate around one hotel. And they all – once they've come back from dinner and they're hanging out, they open up their suitcases – And then boom goes dynamite. Magic everywhere. (laughs) We're talking really rare, one-of-a-kind things pop up out of nowhere, weird prototypes. Lots of these private sales are done. And it's the most exciting thing because you don't know what's going to come out. Uh, At Celebration 2, which I stupidly decided not to go to. uh, Almost all of the existing proof cards that are now in circulation were taken out of one box by one man. And they were so ice there's two guys. Anyways... (laughs) But sounds like were,
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, there's very few people you talk to that either a don't want, wish they could have a time machine to go back and buy all them, or b wish they hadn't passed up on buying them all at the time because they're like fifty bucks. It was like, oh yeah, I don't think I can swing that one of a kind proof. He wants a hundred bucks for it. Well,
1: anyway, it's crazy. Crazy. It, it sound really sounds like myth. <laughs> yeah, it, it is myth. That's it's just you know, myth. <laughs> that's the
0: other reason, you know, we have this this podcast. You know, it's a great hobby. And all these myths. Nice to spread them around. And then there's <laughs> Celebration Three, and that's where I was. That's where you know I'm a I'm a Chewbacca collector, as I may mention from time to time. www. dot Com, the Chewbacca Museum. I may mention it from time to time, but uh, I that was the only thing I ever collected. And then at Celebration Three, my roommates kind of pushed me to the dark side to sp- expand and go into things that weren't my focus. So I bought my first – my first step on the dark side was, quite fittingly, the Emperor with a free Anakin offer. So that's my own personal story. And then Celebration 4, things went even crazier. That was in L.A. What, what, what made those so crazy, Steve? Well, the whole uh... –
1: Clamp down on room sales. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean the the man does not like the room sale because what you got is a whole bunch of, as I mentioned before, sweaty middle aged dudes standing around a bed drinking beer and trying to make a deal, <laughs> which doesn't sound great unless you're one of those sweaty middle aged men. In which case, it is awesome. Agreed. Yeah, much like a collector's <laughs> meeting. It's not great unless you're one of the sweaty middle aged men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they broke they they broke it down and then. So we just all moved down to the, to the bar at the hotel, and that was a truly amazing moment uh, and that, that came to be known as the cantina sales can, at the bar in the Star Wars kind of cantina. Yeah, it was, it it was fun. It worked. It, it worked. There's a, a well-known collector who, due to personal and pornographic reasons, had dropped out of the hobby. He showed up to sell – his the remainder of his collection or at least the majority of the remainder of his collection there i mean you saw some yeah, what blueprints for the sand crawler out there just crazy stuff proofs and i mean he was yeah
1: he, he had a bunch a, of trilogo figures too didn't he yeah he did he had a, he
0: had of, a and... whole death squad commander focus which uh we'll make fun of later not the focus <laughs> but the the figure uh you know, just a, a truly a, a amazing, and exciting moment. Again, another moment of myth. You know, yeah. you are all there when that happened.
1: And so, the feeding frenzy. The
0: feeding. Yeah, that's the way to call it. Because man, everyone was just circling around and elbowing. I got a a low gray, Meccano off him for like fifty bucks, and I was pretty slight. I know the difference between low gray and wicket, so I think I get <laughs> I get points there. But uh, so if you are at celebration five, make sure you you make it there. Because uh, it's awesome,
1: and make yourself known. (laughs) Introduce yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't be uh, don't be more deadly, less silent. Yeah, (laughs) to say. And then the other thing is the uh is the collector panels. We're going to talk about this more in later podcasts when the collector panels are announced. But uh, it's just really exciting. It's a great way to get information about the hobby. Hopefully, maybe we can even broadcast
1: from them yeah that'd be nice if you're
0: in charge of that and listening <laughs> and want to help out the podcast that'd be awesome because uh, i know we'd love to hear it i think uh tommy garvey the uh the resident he's the archivist yeah the archivist of the archive i think he has a lot of the old ones maybe we could even release those man that'd be awesome okay well enough thinking to myself <laughs> so that's happening in august and The other interesting vintage thing of note is also happening in August. You know what that is, Steve? Uh, That would be what I've heard as the uh, Hasbro vintage line. That's right. The Hasbro vintage line coming out just in time for Celebration 4. They did this a few years ago. Uh, Hasbro apparently went out and interviewed everybody saying, What what would get you to buy a Star Wars figure, middle-aged man? A middle-aged man wrote back saying, well, if it looked like the figures I wanted to buy, I would buy them. And what does everybody want, Steve? They want vintage-style figures. Everybody wants the big picture. They want the black. They want the racetrack. I mean, they perfected it in the 70s, so I don't see how putting a a big, half-red, glowish Darth Vader head improves on that. Or a half-pound of plastic.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, all of it's just... You just need the bubble and the picture. And that's what, that's what makes a great figure. So uh, at Toy Fair in New York last month, and someday I'll tell the story about something. I got to go to Toy Fair. I had I had a friend in New York whose dad worked at a toy store. It was before I collected. It was awesome. Yeah, anyways, neither here nor there. But uh, at Toy Fair, they had 11 of these. And they were all Empire cards. But the interesting thing is they're going to go full full spectrum with the vintage style so they're going to have vintage style darth maul and shmi skywalker which is very exciting for me personally uh you know we're hopefully going to be interviewing matthias at some point soon shmi skywalker i believe he's played
1: by she is she <laughs> sounds is. right.
0: yeah look <laughs> at us <All> right. <laughs> so, i don't know if shmi's really on there but the point is you're going to get different different characters I'd love to see Dexter Jetster in vintage style. That, that'd be good. Uh, maybe that two-headed announcer thing. Oh, man. Uh, that'd be rough. <laughs> Anyways. the other thing that they're doing too, Steve, you were telling me
1: about this earlier. Toys R Us is doing what? Uh, as, as far as I understood it, they're going to be, uh, well, first of all, they're releasing a new giant at at walker at at walker i I call at at okay now
0: now you can voice in on this everyone knows the proper pronunciation is at at (laughs) except for everyone i've ever talked to disagrees with me but that's a good debate what do you think 877 77 (laughs) wampa anyways
1: so what are they doing with this giant Uh, at at from what i understood there uh toys r us is going to be having a special packaged version that uh recreates the vintage style packaging now i'm not Sure, if it, they're going to be doing a new photo with the new toys, which I think would be awesome, would be yeah, that that'd be the coolest be. job in the world. Would be to recreate uh vintage, you know, scenes with their new figures that they're trying to market. Sit
0: there with all the cotton balls, trying to recreate the snow,
1: <laughs> and so that'd be great if they recreated it with the new Tauntaun, new FX Seven, yeah. I think a lot of those figures are actually some of the new ones they're re-released, or they're doing new figures for. Yeah, they're,
0: they're doing a lot of them. I don't think they're doing a new FX seven, but uh, yeah, definitely some of them. Yeah, so that would be pretty exciting. The, the whole the whole thing about these new figures is, to me, it, it gives it a strange feel of being almost like custom cards. Uh, Steve, do you have any custom cards? I do not. No, I mean I'm I'm a focus collector, so when I started collecting, I I bought these as much as I possibly could. Uh, for instance, there's one with Chewbacca where he's Uh, Dressed up like in the Life Day ceremony from the holiday special, (laughs) which is great, you know, because who doesn't love Snuggies on Wookiees? Uh, And then uh, I say I got one of Lumpy, also Chewbacca's son, which is pretty cool. The one I really shouldn't have got was the the Chewbacca death scene custom. (laughs) So it's the vintage style with the drawing from the comic book of Chewie being crushed by a planet. Uh, when he was murdered by uh, noted Star Wars collector Ron Salvatore. I always <laughs> mean to bring that up with him. Why did he have to kill my focus? But uh, uh, So, the problem with these vintage recreation customs is they always look kind of bad and the cardboard's wrong and they're pixelated and like at least half of them are slave layers, right? <laughs> Seems like it. people really <laughs> wanted that figure to exist. Don't know why. I guess we can ask the Gamorrean guard on Steve's Burger King cup. But, uh, so it has this kind of interesting custom feel, which in some ways it, it bugs me. In some ways I like it. Um, you know, they, they have a DAC figure. And if you remember, Dak, he's, he's he's the guy that just totally gets killed, right?
1: Yeah, the poor guy doesn't last <laughs> five minutes.
0: <laughs> I could take on the empire by myself, right? Yeah, so, and then he gets gets killed, but uh, he does have a humorously nearly sexual name. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shot my Dak! But it's uh, <laughs> you know, keeping it PG. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's kind of the reverse of the vintage experience because the vintage experience. You had your Luke X-wing, which was also your Wedge, which was also your Dac, which was also any other pilot you could possibly have.
1: And now they all have their names. They yep. have their individual photos. Right. Um, like,
0: oh no, actually, Dac. One of his eyes is slightly bluer than the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's one big difference. I think the Han is not not Han Hoth. It's Han Echo Base. Han, okay. Which I mean. Go cool base. Yeah, that's cool. But my main beef as a as a vintage from a vintage perspective, uh I'm trying to be like men on film, which you remember that? Living <laughs> color, y'all out there? Yeah, okay. So from a vintage perspective, the thing that bugs me the most is how they, they fix the colors. They fix things. They make the image looks look nicer. Like have you seen the the Vader?
1: Right, the Vader, uh he he now has the uh Film correct red lightsaber. It's not a red
0: lightsaber. You don't have a vintage Darth Vader with a red lightsaber. Everyone knows it's the funky purple, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's all right. It's just they have to fix it. and They use computers, and it's not airbrush like it used to be back in the good old days. But uh, I, I don't know that that aspect bugs me. Um, they they did this a couple years ago with uh, well they had a Chewbacca, so I bought that. And it was very successful, I believe. Uh, it was it was a good line; people liked it. But they put them in these clamshells, and the clamshells apparently um, cost about four dollars to make because they cost about four dollars more than regular figures. So you could get you could get them, but
1: at a premium.
0: <laughs> at, at a premium. These new figures aren't. I mean, see, they're going to be hanging on the pegs, just like they were. Back just like the they day. were. <laughs> I mean, that's. You know, I was listening to the the Force cast and they were saying. You know, is this gonna get the vintage community to buy modern figures? Uh, I think it will. I mean, 'cause having having the, the blister pack having the the pack, the clamshell, it, it distances it so much. But if you go in and you're shopping around with your kid and you hate modern figures and all that stuff, and you see the big picture and it's hanging on the peg, that is that's mortal. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm totally for this plan. But uh you totally and-
1: for it, Steve? Yeah, I would say if there's any way to get vintage collectors interested in in the modern line, this would have to be it. I mean, I don't really know what else would, so... Well, what they could do,
0: I don't know if they're going to do this, but they could put like offers on the new figures that that echo the old offers that used to exist on vintage figures. That's right, that's
1: right. Do you Um, think they could do (laughs) that, Steve? Apparently they are. They are doing (laughs) it. That's
0: right. Yeah, they're going to have the free Boba Fett offer. So this is... Actually, for the vintage community, it creates kind of a weird dissonance because they're all on Empire figures, right?
1: Right. right. But you have the, a, an offer from the Star Wars era,
0: right? So it's an offer from the Star Wars line, which you know allow me to put my glasses further up on my the bridge of my nose and fix my pocket protector. But come on, <laughs> you can't have a Star Wars offer on an Empire card. But anyways, I, I like it because they're trying. And the offer isn't exactly the same, but it's similar, and it's got the same starburst. it's got basically the same colors. They have the free Boba Fett on the Boba Fett card, which, that's the kind of thing, as a collector, you would just lose your mind if you actually saw that. So it's weird they're (laughs) creating that on purpose. yeah, Intentionally. Intentionally. (laughs) It's intentionally insane. But still, it's exciting, because... You know, we were talking about this before, Steve. But you were
1: saying, you know, what about vintage collectors who have kids? Right. Yeah. Um, I think specifically this uh, this rocket firing Boba Fett they're going to be letting you mail in for is, is a perfect way for vintage collectors with kids now growing up to kind of get to experience something that they never did yeah. when they were that age. Even exactly. though it's not not quite the same, but I think it's a good gesture.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm you know I got two kids and my daughter loves Leia. My son loves well, okay. He loves everything. So you know, we'll buy the figures. We'll cut out the proof of purchase. We'll send it in. We'll wait for. Is it, is it coming in a white mailer box? I believe it is. Just, I mean, coming just like in a white day, how... mailer box. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I was a little bit too young to remember uh, to remember the FET, but I definitely remember the the Anakin offer. And I mean, that's just so exciting. Just waiting for that toy to come, and it's it's a vintage
1: figure, right, Steve? Well, uh, as far as I know, it's it's like a vintage, it's like the vintage sculpt, but it has a different rocket. I don't think they could actually produce the the rocket they were thinking of back then, but um, apparently it does fire. So that's we're, a step in the right direction, I guess.
0: Yeah, they. Uh, I think it's the they're going with the L slot uh, variation. I'm not too big on on rocket firing FETs. I I prefer to you know prefer to spend my money in other ways, so to speak. But uh, it's not the exact same thing. If you don't know the story, uh, it's well-known. Some Battlestar Galactica toy made some kid choke, and so everyone's fun was ruined forever, right?
1: <laughs> Blame it on, on that. Blame right. it on... You can't, nothing else can be blamed for it. Right.
0: You know? Just It's all Battlestar Galactica's fault. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is always at the root of all Star Wars fans' problems. Um, <laughs> we're talking about it, Tweaky. Tweaky is from Battlestar Galactica, Yes. Think? I honestly don't know. Is <laughs> the little dog. What's that? What was that? What is it like a robot dog? Oh. You know, the robot dog? Sort of He's like meaty, meaty, meaty. Or is that someone. Is it, <laughs> they're like two different people. Anyways, if you are a science fiction fan and you hate me now, that's fine. You can uh, send an email podcast at swca.com or call 877 77 Wampa and say everybody knows that the dog that goes meaty, meaty, meaty was from Buck Rogers, right? (laughs) Okay. Anyways, moving on. So because of that, now kids can't choke on toys. But fortunately, Hasbro is saying, you can still try to have kids choke on Boba Fett. You can relive the
1: ritual. (laughs) Right.
0: But it's... Part of the reason I loved the Boba Fett toy when I was younger is I didn't have any weapons for two reasons when I was growing up. My parents would throw away all the guns... And if they didn't throw all the guns, I was the youngest of four boys, so my brothers would lose all the guns. So none of my figures had any weapons except for Boba Fett. He had the arm, little, little wrist missile thing on the top, and then he had the rocket. And you couldn't take it out, which is perfectly fine for me because my brothers couldn't lose it. <laughs> so you know, I like this idea that uh, you can still have you know, the, the original rocket. You can keep it in there in the old style, or you can have this new rocket. Uh, which is, you know, the kind of new, easy to shoot. My only problem with this figure is there's no way my children are going to choke on it. <laughs> and that's, I, I want there to be that danger, that risk. But uh, just as, as an aside, you know, my uh, my son loves Boba Fett and he, he plays with the modern one and the vintage one. And the modern one, you know, it's got this... Uh, Like trying to blast his way out of the Sarlacc pit, Steve. You know that he 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 survived. Uh, He he made it out. Did he? Yeah. Which I mean, this is an aside. If you look at it, I mean, he's a really terrible bounty hunter. He doesn't do it. The whole Fets—they're terrible. They're like in the second movie, like hire someone else to go do something else, and that person—the only person they succeed in killing—is the person they paid to do it, anyways. Uh, (laughs) But anyways, apparently, Boba Fett jumps out, and they made a figure of this. And my son likes it because, you know, it's got fire on it and he's in a cool pose. But the thing broke completely in half. Like, like, like you took a lightsaber and cut his waist in half. And so now that's the wasty Boba Fett. And then the Boba Fett he uses day to day is the vintage one, 1979. Could so, probably
1: survive a couple of M80 blasts.
0: That's right. <laughs> and that's what, you know, it's, it says, it used to say on the, on the Ketter packaging LP, as in long playing. It was a long playing toy. Oh Long after, you know, you got your new rocket firing whatever and your ropes that connect and articulation all the things you kids like these days, the vintage still endures. So that's about it for the news right now. It's nice, though, because, you know, vintage is, is relevant right now. And that's awesome. I, I like the idea that Hasbro's finally giving up and they're saying, ah, we can't do better than Kenner
1: news. St-
0: Another form of news are new pictures from amazing collections that come up. Uh, in the vintage hobby, we call them limelights. That's where someone puts out a collection, uh, puts out their collection in a certain state. Usually it's not finished, but it's quite impressive. And there's a recent trend that's come about,
1: and that trend is called... Oh, this guy right here likes to call them stair lights.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's appropriate. I like to say that's what we call them, but I called them <laughs> that in one post, and I hoped everyone would go, hey, guy, that's awesome, stair lights. I'm going to do that forever. But, you know. Hey, the cantina, the cantina sale stuff. Yeah, it did. That, it that, did. that, was, that was my idea. Not that I <laughs> want to take credit for it, but I just did. So anyway, stair lights. And they're limelights, which take place on stairs stairs are useful because if you're trying to display carded figures or in these cases proofs, they're tiered which makes it easier to witness the awesomeness so there have been three stair lights in the last month the first of these stair lights came up about a, a month ago and it came from Grant uh, out of Scotland and he he put together a run that's just insane insane It's of the first 12 the first 12 figures to come out a 12-back proof. Uh, So he has all 12 of the 12-backs. I've known people that have been putting this run together for years, got halfway through. I guess they must have sold them off to Grant because I don't know how you put all 12 of those together. Uh, He also has some extra ones on there that aren't 12-backs, but I think the 12-backs pretty much speak for themselves. The second one of those stair lights uh, was mine. I put together a Chewbacca stair light. And in honor of of Grant's really quite innovative uh, means of showing off his collection, I did the same thing for my Chewbacca collection. I finally managed to purchase a large number of proofs from the preeminent Chewbacca collector in the world.
1: And the third one was uh, the third one was uh, from a guy named Don. He had uh, just an incredible set of Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> 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 sand people uh proofs um much like skies uh, was an original 12 character which he's basically represented from the whole vintage line from star wars all the way through oh well not almost he he, he needs he i know i think he's still looking for power of the force pieces a bit right yeah um but essentially i mean he's really covered a whole lot there yeah it's an amazing run he's got chroma lens and
0: Common proofs. I think he's got some production-like. I think he's got some... Uh,
1: some. Uh, he has the 20-back uh, mock-up right. also. Yeah, he
0: just... It's an amazing run. And that really proves the utility of stair light. As you can tell, he can hardly fit everything, even on like six steps. I mean, yeah. he must have been standing on a crane or something to get a picture of all those items. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be there'll be more. Uh, hopefully, Silent But Danly here will be coming out with a, a B wing stair light. Steve, <laughs> I need to find
1: some stairs. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, you can come over here to the uh, come over here to the studios and you know take some pictures of your uh, your awesome B wing collection, B wing pilot <laughs> collection. But yeah, that's uh, our first uh, comment. And again, go check out the the show notes. Check out the link to the uh, to the posts at Rebelscum, and also check out the pictures, which we, by now, will have gotten the permission to host here on the Archive, I hope. Uh, And that's part of the reason why why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place, is just to give the idea, you know, there are these great collections, and I remember there was a Yoda collection, a Yoda limelight, I don't know if you ever saw it, Steve, I don't don't, don't even know the name of the guy who had it, I'm sure there's all these old-timers going, oh, that was blah, blah, blah. Anyways... And this picture just haunted me. I have it somewhere on my desktop and it's just this crazy crazy run. He had original photo art and chromalins and all these one of a kind proofs. Wow. And it wasn't on stairs, it was actually on the floor. And now this is this is for the original Yoda? Yeah, I mean wow. it, yeah, it was, it was just an amazing run. And you know, I saved the picture, but I don't know where else to find that. I don't know where else to go back. And I I wish I wish there was, you know, a recording of somebody Six years ago, talking about that run. So hopefully that'll be, hopefully that'll be me or someone in, in the future. And uh, Silent But Deadly. So there you go. I do say there you go too much, don't I? <laughs> and you know, well, if you think that, call into the number eight seven seven seventy seven Wampa because we really do care. Uh, the final uh, portion of our news section. I'm going to move around the papers like I'm a real newscaster. Listen. <laughs> Tonight, hanging, clinging to life. Okay. uh, (laughs) The third section will be just featuring a site that, uh, a site of interest, a vintage site. And the one, I don't know if you've seen it yet, Steve. Have you seen it? Uh, I don't know if I sent you the the show notes yet. Uh, Jason's new site? I have not. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, this just popped up. I think it just started in January. And uh, Jason is a Virginia-area Jawa collector. Uh, try saying that five times fast virginia area <laughs> jawa collector virginia jawa anyways and he started a blog it's uh h t t p colon backslash backslash mad brown's m a d b r o w n z or z if you say it wrong dot blogspot dot com and it's a blog featuring his jawa collection and uh you've seen pictures of his collection before yes yeah. uh just incredible again it's a, a very nice tatooine related uh tatooine related uh 12 back through power of the force run actually i just noticed this you ever notice that the, the jawa and the tuscan raider the sky is pink yeah very uh very odd see, you have noticed this yeah. before yeah you notice the sky is pink see these are the things that hasbro is not going to get right with their computers and their adobe photoshops and all that stuff color correction yeah color correction <laughs> kenner understood that the sky in in tatooine was mysteriously pink and uh, something's lost returning to jason's site madbrowns.blogspot.com it just shows his collection and what i like that he's done is you know i have my own site com, and my brother built the framework and did most of the groundwork in the beginning, and now I'm starting to take over, and it takes so much work to have a site like that. You know, I think of you know, a much the, the one of the best examples of that is Bill's Vader site, SithToys.com, and it, it takes a lot of effort. But with the blog function, and that's what we're going to have for this, uh, the Kivecast, The blog function makes it easy to update. You know, you can just go in every once in a while and put on a new item whenever you feel like it. So since January, Jason's been very quietly putting up pictures of his of his collection and showing pictures and giving explanations. And I think this could be the 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 way of the future. You know, to have to have these sites much easier to update for uh, maintenance. Maybe Steve's going to have a, a B Wing pilot uh, blog. Maybe,
1: maybe someday. <laughs>
0: you can call it the Blog Wing Pilot? <laughs> I don't know. If you have a better idea for the name of Steve's B Wing Pilot blog, please call 877 77
1: Wampa. I'm all whole ears. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Although, ironically, the B Wing Pilot does not have ears, does yeah. he? No, I think he's deaf. I he, listen for him. Yes, he's got. <laughs> you listen for him. <laughs> ah, Raving's of lunatic. It's great. Uh, that's it. <laughs> so I just wanted to to give a little publicity for that site. Uh, it, it. I don't know why. I haven't seen any postings about it. I don't know uh, if I'm just am not reading the right places. But I haven't seen Jason advertised anywhere. And part of the reason that I started really going super serious with the Chewbacca collection was I saw a picture of his Jawa collection at galactichunter.com dot you com know, five six years ago, and it really impressed me. So. You know, keep it up, and you should all go check out his site.
1: Watch out!
0: So every episode, we're going to do something for the newer collectors. We're going to take one item from the news, and we're going to break it down, explain the terminology, a little bit of the history behind what it is that we're talking about. In this case, we're going to talk about 12-back proofs. One of the stairlights was Grant's full run of 12-back characters on common proof cards. Well, Steve and I are going to explain what exactly does that mean. Here comes the vintage vocab.
1: We ain't let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our
0: vocabulary. First shot. It's vintage. So we're going to use this vocabulary section to uh, help explain why this picture of Grant's collection is so
1: insane. Thank
0: you, Simon, but Damley. All right. So uh, the first thing, they're all considered to be 12-back proofs. So the first part of that is 12-back. Steve,
1: you want to explain a little bit what a 12-back is? Sure. Uh... 12 so back, you can be considered what I like. Uh, Sky likes to call the rookie card of the Star Wars era. Uh, they were the first card backs uh, for the first 12 figures that Kenner released in 1978.
0: And one year after the movie, because uh, they didn't have their acting gear, they didn't think they'd need toys, and well, they needed. Turns out, several hundred million of them. So when they say 12 back, just look on the back of the card, and you'll see drawings of 12 figures. They go for 12, up to 20, 21, finally ending with
1: 92.
0: 92, collect all 92. Uh, although most of those N1s are lame. That most Steve collects them all, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, so the 12 back proof. So then these are proofs of the rookie cards of all Star Wars figures. So then, what exactly is a proof? Steve, you want to start with that one too?
1: Uh, the way to think about proofs and all print pre-production material is one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, these were an early printing of the cardbacks, you know, created for various purposes. Uh, you know, one thing being just to make sure that the printing presses were printing right, uh, no screw-ups, major screw-ups anyway. Um, they were cut from sheets, uh, used for reference, mock-ups, uh, and carded samples for things like toy fair or catalogs, or you know, product photography. And uh, they were never meant to be, you know, produced in mass numbers as in this form because they're not exactly cut like a normal card back. Right. They usually have like uh, at the bottom, they'll be, it's called square bottoms.
0: So they'll be rounded at the top. They have like kind of a funky uh, hole punch. And that's what differentiates them from the, what we call production carded figure. So if you ever have one of these, first question most people ask is, hey, how come there's no like toys on that card back? Well, that's why. It's because these are pre-production materials, and they are proofs, as in proof that the printing machine works. What we're talking about here is a proof card, and people often get that mixed up with being a proof card for the design process. They aren't really for the design process. They're for the printing process. Correct. And so they're not going to see that many changes from the final product to the proof, but it's to make sure the machine works. Returning to Grant's proof run, what you see there is... All 12 of the first 12, the 12-backs, 12 in proof form. And this is absolutely unheard of. There's estimated, estimated 6 to 8 uh, existing proofs for the 12-backs. So you imagine the odds of getting all 12 of those together on one strangely shag-carpeted stairway somewhere in Scotland. I think you get an idea of why this is so...
1: Insane.
0: So insane. Insane. All right, up next is going to be our market report. We're talking money, cash, toys. One dollar flicks. Market Watch. All right, so the section is the market watch. It's the one dollar flicks. And uh, let me explain why I chose that word, $1 Vlix. I think it was about six or seven, maybe even ten years ago, a long time ago, there was an auction on eBay. And in this auction, there was this really rad Barney Rubble with a guitar, it was like some kind of seaweed or something, (laughs) there was all kinds of crazy things, and in the back there was this little weird purple guy with some kind of space acne, and uh, that was Vlix. And Vlix, if you don't know, is one of the... Holy grails of Star Wars collector uh, collectibles. It was only released in Brazil uh, with the glass leet. It's supposed to be glass leet, not glass light, right? I, I think so.
1: I, I'm not, I've always. I used to always say glass light. Yeah, me of, too. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'll call it <laughs> glace just to, <laughs> There you, you go. Know, just double just it up.
0: <laughs> super exotic. Yeah. Or glace leet. There you go. Uh, so that was released there, and then there's unproduced versions here, kind of uh, prototypes. But it's an extremely rare figure and there's a lot of people who want to have just one of everything and that's the one that's the bee in their bonnet so why is it called one dollar vlix well this very unassuming lot of figures which you can see on our show notes just these terrible bright gaudy figures sold for one dollar and the vlix was inside it and that is (laughs) without a doubt the best ground score you could ever have i uh, just recently asked uh, james Gallo is the the big Vlix expert. He calls himself a, a Vlix character collector, which is very specific and quite impressive. And uh, I guess the most recent loose one sold for around $3,000. So you can imagine getting a $3,000 figure for $1 plus getting the Barney Rubble. And the Barney Rubble, you remember the one where he's like, my name is Barney and I'm here to say, I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. You remember that, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. That, like he's Sounds got the guitar. Familiar. It was like yeah. from a Fruity Pebbles commercial. Wow. So I would pay a dollar for that. By the way, <laughs> if you have one of those, one eight seven seven seventy seven Wampa, I'd gladly buy it from you. <laughs> so that's uh, that's an example of the kind of auctions that we'll be featuring When we can. That doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Not often. (laughs) So, uh, see, the first one I want to, I'm going to bring it up here on the computer. Uh, It's a pretty neat one. Uh, Sometimes there are lots that come up where people say, oh, I was digging around in my attic and I found these Star Wars figures. I don't know what they are. And Have you seen this, Steve? No, I haven't seen this one. All right, so this is a a vintage lot of seven uh, Empire Strikes Back figures. What's interesting is they are the debut card back for all the figures that are there. So uh, the 31, so Steve just explained 12, or did he just explain? No, he's going to explain 12 backs. (laughs) But so these are 31 backs. Those were the first figures that were released in the Empire Strikes Back era with Empire Strikes Back characters. And they're generally harder to find. Uh, Why is that, Steve? Why are 31 harder to find than
1: 32? Uh Well, a 32, eventually, a 32 was Yoda, so right. I think uh, that, that had to do with it, didn't it? Yeah,
0: they were holding back Yoda. They are saying, we don't want anyone to know about Yoda, because he's going to be so great, <laughs> or everyone's going to hate him. Either way, we don't want to show our hand. No. So they made very few 31 backs, relatively, and then they came out with 32 backs with a whole bunch of Yodas. So this is an auction that showed up, and it has seven 31 backs that are all in pretty good condition. And uh, you, got, uh, you got the Hoth Stormtrooper, Luke Bespin with the alternate photo of him walking, Han Hoth, uh, Rebel Soldier or Commander?
1: I think it's Rebel Soldier. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Rebel Soldier. Uh, and I really should know the difference between those guys. It's like Warwick <laughs> and uh, Timbo, whatever his name is. I'm just kidding. Uh, Lando. Not really. Uh, and Lando and then Leia with Bespin. And that sold for $760. Which uh, I I would say is a really good deal Uh, because you can usually sell those, uh, the Luke Bespin, the alternate pitcher, fairly easily. Uh, Then the rest of them are debut cards, and some people like the debut cards. Uh, These aren't the hardest ones to find, the hardest ones to find are Bosk and IG88. But still, it's a pretty fun, pretty fun auction. This is the kind of thing where if in three years I was Listening to some podcast and they said, "Oh, that's pretty cool." You know, seven thirty-one back sold for seven hundred and sixty bucks in two thousand and ten. Am I crazy? Is that boring? No, I don't know. No, it's it's good info. Yeah, you tell me, public. Uh, and then uh, and Steve did a little bit of fun research just on. So if you consider twelve backs, I, I gotta I gotta agree with Steve on this. I don't know if this is what he was thinking, but that in some ways the twelve back Darth Vader is like the most. Basic Star Wars card you can have, right? Yeah,
1: I would, I would think so. It's just the most eye-catching, the most recognizable, right?
0: You know, I mean, maybe the Luke is more, but yeah, I, don't I mean, know. Vader's Vader. So uh, I think uh, what, what you were going for here, Steve, was a comparison between graded and ungraded prices,
1: right? Yeah, the first thing I was thinking about was twelve backs, since that was kind of one thing we were going to talk about this right. week. If you and, skip ahead uh, to the vintage vocab section, see.
0: Steve. will Explain you just what twelve back is. <laughs>
1: Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I was looking through uh, recent sales of 12-backs, and Vader um, in particular came up. And uh, I, I don't really collect graded figures, um, but I noticed it's just kind of crazy how much more a graded figure of the same exact figure it can increase the price. Right. So
0: let's see. We got one here. They graded a C7. That went for
1: $255. <laughs> That's a
0: that seemed like a good price to me for yeah. a, a twelve back Vader. not any major mistakes. I mean a little bit of wrinkling, a little bit of sticker tear. The edges are a little bit soft. Not too bad. One in nicer yeah, yeah, one in nicer condition went for three hundred and twenty five dollars. Again, not not mint, but certainly presentable condition. And then Steve, what what did the the grady one go for? So do you have an AFA? Okay,
1: Let's see, where's that guy AFA at? AFA-85. Okay. AFA-85, Vader, that went for uh, <laughs> $14.99. $1,499. Oh, not $14.99. No, no.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it actually sold for this, too. I thought yeah. he was just asking. Yeah, for
1: no, uh, this is uh, the actual ending price, which I just had no idea <laughs> that it would, uh you'd yeah. something like that. I, I don't really follow the afa or graded stuff. I just... It, It really was pretty shocking. Well, I follow... I mean, I think... uh,
0: The CavCast is going to try to be somewhat neutral on the AFA section. I mean, I'm personally generally against purchasing AFA items. I generally don't like what they've done to the hobby. But... Uh, not against it. I'm not against people who collect it. I think it's interesting. I certainly think it's worthy of discussion. That's what this podcast is for. So hey, if it sold for this much, it'll sell for that much again. I, I don't doubt that. I don't I don't think that uh this this kind of value will fall through because if there's one person who'd spend that much for a twelve back AFA eighty five, there'll probably be two people. So I don't know if it's a waste of money. It's just surprising, like you said. I mean it's really it's nice. Yeah. But uh not not that nice, is all I just <laughs> say. <laughs> but hey, to someone it is, and I think what happens is you get people who collect the grade. You know, they really want straight AFA eighty fives across the board. And uh you know the argument against that is oh they're just collecting the sticker. And then the argument for it is, well, I like having certified grading and certified authenticity. So at some point that'll be the subject of our debate d eight section. <laughs> but, uh, okay, I have a couple more puns in me. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea of a market watch. And uh, I wonder, you know, I wonder, to me, it seems awfully low. 250 bucks for, for a, a good condition Vader seems fairly low to me, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. to me it seems low. <laughs> so I, it, maybe the, the ungraded stuff is going down a bit with the economy and the graded stuff is still... still it's holding on. its
1: own, yeah. So
0: as soon as you holding its own, which is good and bad, it's good if you're buying and terrible if you're selling. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. So what is a nugget from the archive? A couple months ago, I tried to start a new tradition on the Rebel Scum forums. And then I got, as I often do with my ideas, a little bit discouraged and just stopped doing it. I would go searching throughout the Star Wars Collector's Archive, the SWCA.com. And I would try and find something I didn't know existed or something I didn't know very much about. Post it and then start a conversation. Well, inevitably, Steve would say something... A couple other guys would say something, and then it would trail off into nothing. So, well, I want revenge. And uh, revenge is the word because we're going to be talking about a Revenge of the Jedi item today. It's the Unproduced Revenge of the Jedi Master Collector Six Pack.
1: Every word in that is just perfect.
0: Yeah, it's just, I mean, let's look at
1: it. Unproduced. Yudi.
0: Any vintage collector, that's what they want to hear. Unproduced. That means it was made by hand. It means it was taped. It means it was never put into production. Revenge. Of course, the movie was never called Revenge of the Jedi. Gives it that extra appeal. Okay, of the Jedi. Cool. And then Master Collector. Steve, what would your reaction then?
1: I don't know. I, don't, I can't pick whether I like Master Collector or Six Pack. Better. I yeah. Think. Master <laughs> Collector, Six Pack. It's just... I mean, it shows a lot of foresight actually, calling it
0: Master Collector. I mean, I yeah. don't think kids really called themselves collectors back then. No,
1: I wouldn't have thought so.
0: But it is a six pack, and much like my abdomen and quantities of beer consumed in a usual room sale, <laughs> uh, it has six things. I'm joking about my abdomen, by the way, <laughs> but uh, not about the beer. And so it's got six figures, and unlike most multi packs, it's not in a box with people's names written on the side. Which it's a niche in the hobby. Uh, Steve, do you have any multi packs? Uh, actually, I don't. I used to have one, but it's it's gone. It, it doesn't do it for me because there's none that are comprised entirely of Chewbacca. But uh, <laughs> some people like it. But this is totally different. How, how is this different, Steve? Oh
1: this one it's all about presentation. It's got the window box uh look to it and where you see all the figures that you're getting uh, has in, all their, in the bubbles in the in their bubbles you know you're in, in bubbles uh, and uh it just it just has a really striking visual appeal that a uh, mail away box while that has its own exciting appeal you're you know waiting to get your figures in the mail This you see it and it you know right
0: and again if you uh if you don't know where to go. The SWCA dot com backslash podcast. That's where you see this beautiful image. You also see that the colors behind the figures and the nameplates on the bubbles—that's the proper colors that they were carded. And you know, at least Vader's yellow and Luke was green. I'm pretty sure that three po looks a little bit off. It could be your printer, yeah. but uh, yeah, and then. The other thing is, this has a theme. What's uh, explain the theme, Steve? We
1: got we got the Bespin theme going here. Sweet.
0: But <laughs> well, wait, I thought it was for Jedi.
1: Well, that's right. Uh, well, these are all Empire era figures. But when Revenge of the Jedi was the term or the title for the new movie, they were getting ready to be repackaging all the Empire figures and Star Wars figures to kind of give them another chance while the hype for the new movie was coming up. So you have all these figures that were from the Empire line. Uh, Give
0: them another chance. That's a really polite way of saying, you know, milk the consumer. Uh, <laughs> figure some way to make more money, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Which is cool. One. Word for that, I never would have had half these figures. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got the
1: Bespin guard.
0: Which one? You got the white Bespin guard. All right, he's got the handlebar mustache. I think the only one in the line, right? We were talking about, is there any other vintage figure with a handlebar mustache? Now, you got you got the John Ratzenberger, Cliff Clavin commander, or soldier, or whatever. That's right, yeah. He's kind of got the... But that's not on the, the picture.
1: No, no. Then I think...
0: Maybe Hammerhead has a handlebar mustache. <laughs> now, they wouldn't they would have a cantina alien called Handlebar, just with like a really <laughs> like, bitchin', you know, Hell's <laughs> Angel... <laughs> so you got the the, yeah, the handlebar uh, Bespin
1: security guard and we got the Ugnaught
0: purple smock variant yeah. oh yeah
1: and uh we got 3PO with removable limbs Right, Falls Park and we got uh, Luke Skywalker Bespin his dad Vader and Lando I don't know how you can beat all three of those yeah you got Lando Vader and Luke all in one you know you
0: got sugar spice and everything nice <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever said <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's a beauty six pack and it's it's a a vision into what what really could have been uh what they wound up doing with multi packs in the return of the jedi line was the two pack which whee, it's an interesting area to collect uh, i have a couple um they usually would take the least interesting character package it with the second least interesting character take away their weapons and then apparently sit on the bubble <laughs> yeah. that's that's how most of the two packs we have but there there have been some good collectors uh, and some amazing collections of two packs
1: yeah, one other really i think noteworthy thing about this is that it it's all handmade um, it's you know something that someone had to make just from scratch and uh, this is really the farthest it seems like they got
0: um right so it's probably some
1: Art director or
0: assistant to art director brought it to the assistant to the regional manager and, uh, said, hey, look at this idea. And looked at it, ah, too expensive. Just throw them in the flimsy bubble and send them to KB or I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's strange. It seems like the, uh, the ratio is a little bit off. The the hang tab, uh, section yeah. is off, off balance. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Well, well interestingly, you know, to, to show how little, uh. How little I've really been paying attention! It turns out this has been on eBay for months, and when I when I posted this, everyone was like, "Wow, never seen that before!" Only every day on my eBay searches. But what was the person asking for it? Uh, I think originally they were asking about fifteen grand. Fifteen grand. I mean, any any Star Wars figure that goes five figures—that's that seems a little bit high. But at the same time, I mean. You can't you can't fight those words. Revenge, master <laughs> collector, unproduced, six pack. That's a lot of things people like. But uh, apparently, it wound up selling how much? Uh, about five thousand. About five thousand. So, there it was. Uh, it, it was out there, and I, I suppose the new the new owner could be listening. If you are, aren't you? Uh, call in or send an email and let us know uh, anything more you want to know about it. We'd love to hear from you. All right, that was our Nugget from the Archive. We'll be back uh, next time with a new Nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. Joining us here in the Yak to My Face interview section is my co-host for the week, Stephen B. Dam. Yakety-yak,
1: yakety-yak, please. Yakety-yak, yakety-yak, please. Yak,
0: yak, yak to my face. Yak, yak, yak don't know that
1: so steve what do you collect uh as of right now it's it's pretty much all vintage uh that's what's been there from the beginning uh the vintage toys pretty much it's one of the earliest things i can remember in my life so it's always kind of been there but uh do you have like a, a focus yeah, uh, focus. Uh, main focus would be on the B-wing pilot figure. Which a what wing pilot? B-wing pilot. Most most people consider it pretty boring. Oh, that's that wing that looks like an A. I don't even know what it looks like. It looks like a T. <laughs> a
0: T. But okay, so the B-wing pilot. So that's yeah. the. the green one or the red one? The red one. Uh, so it has got kind of the the funky headgear. Yeah, yeah. So is there is there a lot of competition in the in the B-wing pilot? Not that I've come across. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I guess you'd know. So I mean Steve's being uh fairly fairly modest here. He doesn't just have a B Wing run. He is without a doubt the number one B Wing collector in the history of Star Wars collecting. <laughs> what do you what do you have, Steve?
1: Uh well, and as far as the uh packaging goes, I've got the, got the photo art. Yeah. So that's the original picture that was taken that they actually used
0: for the card back. Every single one was ever printed, it was the photo that they
1: airbrushed. Right. And I uh, have a couple of proof and Chromaline examples for both the Return of the Jedi card back and the Power of the Force card back. Right, because he debuted. So we were talking about 12 backs earlier. So what was uh, the B-Wing pilot's debut card? On the 77 back, Return of the Jedi card. So they were really, you know, they saved the best for last, right? Uh hey. You could say that, I guess. That was all that was available when I was, <laughs> that was all that was left. <laughs> so is it, is it like a, a
0: personal figure for you? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, basically where it came from was, uh, I didn't have a Luke figure as a kid, uh-huh. uh, or at least a Luke pilot figure, so I didn't even know one existed to be honest, <laughs> so the B-Wing pilot was my Luke, uh, essentially.
0: Okay, so for you, you're basically collecting Luke in a really like ugly spaceship.
1: Yeah, but the thing was, I honestly didn't even know what a B wing was. I, I liked the pilot figure; it was just uh, the it was the only pilot figure I had. So yeah, because as an adult, you know, we can look at the packaging yeah. and we know what it's called. But
0: to you, it was just Luke yeah. in in a cool exactly. headgear. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I think my mom got rid of the packaging pretty quick, so it was it was the figure first that I got attached to. Right now, you have all the packaging.
0: Yeah. I mean, would you say that nostalgia plays? really big role in your collecting or a little bit or how has that moved for you because it changes from collector to collector
1: yeah definitely uh to start it definitely was a nostalgia thing Uh, when i was in elementary school i first discovered that there were more vintage star wars figures than i ever knew about and uh it was an interest started back then but i'd say over the last couple years it's become more about the production of the toys themselves and with the Beaming Pilot, it just served as a way that no one else really cared about finding all these things, and uh, it worked out great for me. Yeah, I mean that's it's sort of like they they call it the evolution of the of the collector. So you start, you know, you
0: have a memory, a little story with something or other, and then at the end, you're sitting there scrambling after uh, like if you find like a, a an arm or something <laughs> that was uh, in the production process, it makes your entire year exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. Do you collect anything else?
1: Any other fascinating characters besides? Uh, um. Luke uh, in bling pilot gear. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a couple of other figures that I was you know attached to, and all the figures that I had as a kid were the very end of the line, which is in bins at KB like, for, for see, a dollar see, piece. See, so
0: that's why I hate those toys because like <laughs> you know because I, I got uh, three older brothers, so I'd always play with whatever was left of theirs, which is like you know broken stormtroopers and C <laughs> three POs that turned green. But then sometimes I get my own figures, but they all scared me it was all like you know an ugna and bib fortuna scared the pants off me i still have my childhood bib fortuna but i wouldn't collect bib fortuna if you paid me i think it's cool you have this this happy memory
1: of your of your childhood collecting yeah it's funny it's it's one of those weird things where they both kind of crossed where the figures that i you know i'm attached to the most are also the ones that offer the most uh affordable and available pre-production items so right yeah because you know someday someone might might show up and say i want
0: to be the b-wing guy uh, <laughs> it's that that job is taken <laughs> but do, do you have any uh one item that's your your favorite item um i would
1: say it, 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 that is the start with the photo art when i had it framed finally it kind of became it really became my favorite piece i was going to save one thing from the house i would have to grab that Right. We always think about what would we save the most, and most people say they'd save their childhood figure, but... Well, that too. I
0: still have it. I let that burn. I think I'd I'd take the photo art. It's funny you say that.
1: Mine actually did burn already. Uh, My childhood B-Wing pilot was actually unearthed from my old backyard, sun-charred, so it doesn't really look red anymore it's it's more of a dark brown that's
0: right so you have kind of this other side focus right you're uh what do you call it uh, uh,
1: the rejects hall of
0: fame rejects hall of fame so so tell, tell us about rejects because this is this is how i got to know who you were was by finding out about the i mean not that the b-wing
1: pilot is a reject but these guys are real rejects yeah uh basically i, I had about 15 figures left over from my childhood and they were all pretty mangled and uh, it happened to be that I was in a, a flea market one day, and I found this Ben Kenobi figure that was looked like someone who created a whole new head for it. And uh, it was actually really frightening. One of the most frightening things I've ever seen. Like he, well, he melted it? or I think he had partially melted it and then chiseled in his own kind of form and then <laughs> painted a clown kind of face on it. Uh, so anyway, that was the figure that kind of like. I don't think started. I've ever seen that. You should put a picture in yeah, show it. I definitely will. Uh anyway, I started a thing where I would find the most deformed figures, be it by children or dogs or lawnmowers, whatnot. Uh, self-created figures—they'd swap parts that just didn't make any sense at all. Yeah, I, I got a—I had
0: a Lobot figure where someone put an eye patch on it and made it like a, like a pirate Lobot. <laughs> exactly. Could, yeah. Anyways, there's less said about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you? Where where do you want to go with your collecting? Uh, I would say
1: right now, since I'm essentially broke, (laughs) no, uh, are many of us? Yeah, at this point in time, I start a podcast because (laughs) I can't afford anything anymore. Yeah, it's a way to continue the hobby here. It's it's a cheap way. Uh, No, I I think really when I have the chance, I want to put some time and effort and funds into setting up a really nice display. Because right now it's it's not really a display at all. It's it's just a mess. Yeah, I live but
0: ten minutes from his house, and he's never let me see his collection. <laughs> I, I, so, I just
1: uh, I don't think I could yet. <laughs> it's 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 rough. Like I see pictures on the internet. Uh, see the pictures I take, they look okay because I take them off and I take them out of that room and right. take pictures. And, uh, it, that would be the the goal is to get a nice a nice room displayed. And luckily, I have a place I can do that. So so be it. Steve, it's time for the lightning round. Now, this side did not get any explanation of, so it I'm is, just gonna go right for it. <laughs> it is
0: the so be it lightning round. You probably go, so be it. And then he, boom. That's the last thing you hear before the lightning comes. <laughs> Steve, okay. rank the Star Wars movies in order of preference.
1: Are we talking about all, all of them? All six. Oh uh, boy. All, all right. Quickly. Empire, uh, Star Wars, Jedi. Phantom Menace, some redens of the Sith, Attack of the Clones*.
0: Very interesting. I, yeah.
1: Okay. That's what you're going with. I, I'm going with that.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're going five, four, six, one, three, two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Alright. Fair enough. If you were a vintage figure, which one would you be? It's <laughs> gonna sound really dumb, but I think I probably would be the damn beaming pirate. <laughs> That's not dumb at all. No, you know, I don't we know. collect we collect what we relate to. Yeah. Uh, uh the guy with no name <laughs>
0: Steve, man, you're gonna make everybody cry <laughs> you don't you have an awesome hat okay.
1: <laughs> there you go what is your best collecting moment Ooh, man that's a tough one um best collecting moment i think would have to be celebration four just the whole thing um it, was just, it really opened up a lot of stuff to me that I'd never even thought about before. And you so got to see team. a
0: Dodgers game with uh, yeah, with a lot of a lot of, people. A lot of
1: vintage fans. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't go because I, I was hanging out with Dean and we were checking out the movies. So I wish I could have been two places at once. <laughs> what is your least favorite aspect of the vintage hobby? Um,
1: least favorite? I think it would have to be worrying about people. uh scamming you yeah Uh, i think it's just it's a it's unfortunate because there's a lot of good people plenty of good people but then you hear all these awful stories i've i'm lucky i've never really had to deal with any of them but um that part it definitely is discouraging
0: what's the stupidest thing you've ever done in the hobby in the hobby uh
1: attending a dinner at celebration three uh and not really introducing myself to anybody
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which dinner was that? That that was, like, one of the the famous ones? I don't
1: know if it was a famous one or not, but the the thing I remember about it was uh, it was the birth of that rebel soldier figure that everyone was so fond of. I don't remember where it was It was. Some you restaurant. didn't say
0: hi, you didn't get out there
1: I did not get out there See, We talked you're about Celebration Plot.
0: If you even want to collect <laughs> then you're you're to it Go to the collector's <laughs> store right. Meet but everyone I Go up, know, shake their hand Say hey my name is uh, <laughs> hey, My name is Darth Wine Fanatic And I love Pinot Noir And collecting Ugnots, And I want to be your friend and if you say that to me, I will be your friend. Because, you know, we all quite finished Star Wars. So, yeah, be out there. Don't be like Steve at, at C3. <laughs> no. Be like Steve at C4. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, Steve at C4 well, he wasn't exactly was exactly hanging from the rafters, but <laughs> no. he at least said hi. Yeah, I said hi. That's where the <laughs> Butt Danley came, you know, silent Butt Danley. All right, well, I think you passed the lightning round. Oh, uh, wow. You can feel free to have your father pick up an old Nickley man and throw him into a trash chute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... So be it. Normally, at this time, we're going to have what's called the Vintage World Tour, where we interview somebody and ask them about questions from the country that they're from. Uh, but for this first one, it's running a little bit long. I'm trying to explain a little bit more of what it's about. Uh, so next next uh, podcast, we'll have an interview with Matthias from Sweden, all about everything that you can get from that wonderful country, which uh, <laughs> I guess by that time, they'll probably have... Big hockey game, the Olympics, or something. What uh, next thing? And again, for next week as well, we're gonna have a section called Debate D8, which is our debate section. Uh, you like like the pun, Steve? Very much. I like, think that may be my favorite one. Yeah, because it's. <laughs> I was trying to think. You know, how do you come up with a pun with debate? I'm like, wait a minute, eight D8. So uh, hopefully, Joe from uh, I guess he lives in Romania, but he's from England. Right. In England, but he's from Romania. Whatever it is, he has a really good collection of 8 8 so it's kind of a shout-out to him because he's a, he's a cool cat. And also, you know, debates are kind of conflict and fighting, and 8D8's the torture droid, which I think the Vintage Line deserves credit for having a droid that tortures. Definitely. I mean, he scared the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hey, what do kids want? I know. You know, they might be out there, you know, just torturing animals, but this gives us a chance not to become a serial killer. You know, we'll just torture the gonk droid, right? <laughs> I mean, what what if Jeffrey Dahmer had an 88? Do you think he would have used it? This is going to be our first debate. Okay, oh Steve. Oh, my goodness. All right. Would Jeffrey Dahmer have tortured his gonk
1: droid? Easily. I I think... I would that mean, have
0: satisfied I, his, his, his... It, it could
1: have cut him off at an yeah. early age. I don't know. That's
0: I, what I'm saying. Not <laughs> that I'm saying that anyone who collects 88's, you know, a serial killer. Uh, <laughs> but, anyways... So that's going to be our debate. It's not going to be about whether or not Jeffrey Dahmer uh, tortured <laughs> gonk droids. <laughs> which I don't know why. That's really amusing me. But uh, uh, So if you have any thoughts, uh, the topic is going to be AFA uncirculated
1: grading. Steve? I never really understood this. Um, yeah, well, save it for the debate there, Hotshot. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Save it for the debate. <laughs> because
0: uh, whatever you feel, if you think AFA U-grading is excellent – Call in and really call in because probably most people won't think so. And if you think it's terrible, give us your reasons. You, know? you don't have to be respectful. You can be angry. You can be mean. You <laughs> can be a jerk. You know, uh, be however you want. And uh, what we'll do is we'll put a lot of the opposing viewpoints together. Maybe we'll even try and Skype call some U-grade collectors because they're out there. We want to hear from everybody. And it's a great debate. Whatever you want to say about AFA, it creates discussion. That's for sure. And another reason to call us is our listener feedback line. Someday you call Eight. Eight. Seven. Seven. Seven, seven. Here at the Kivecast, we really do we really care. care. Really give us a call at 1877-77 WAMPA. Or email us at podcast at the swca dot com that number again is eight seven seven uh we don't have a phone number set up do we Steve <laughs> I
1: think you all should know this very well by now.
0: That's right. <laughs> the number is eight seven seven seventy seven Wampa and do you know why we picked seventy-seven? It's because Star Wars. I don't know if you know this. Came out in nineteen seventy-seven, and uh, so that was the year I was born. It's the year the Oakland Raiders won the first Super Bowl. Wow. Um, Elvis died. That was weird. Elvis died, and Star Wars came out at the same uh, time. It's almost like he passed on his soul. That not at all. No, no, not at all. And that was. Twenty years before you were born,
1: oh. <laughs> no, not quite, not quite.
0: But uh, you know, we want to hear what you think. You know, this is our inaugural podcast. We want to know? You know, hey, Sky, sound quality depth too much from thing to thing because that's probably very true. Uh, we like the images. We like the idea. More about auctions, less about auctions. What else could they ask, Steve? Uh,
1: tell Steve to go home.
0: Oh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, they're, they're yeah. going to want more, Silent But then <laughs> you're going to be walking around C5. People are going to be asking for your autograph.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that.
0: Thanks for being my yeah, co-host. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, well, wampa, wampa, everybody. I, I think we'll treat that like you know, like aloha or something. Yeah, or, that you know, works. Really sort of, you know, wampa, wampa in, wampa, wampa out. Uh, for those of you that don't know, that was uh, probably the best of all the vintage uh, commercials. It was just this kid going wampa, wampa. <laughs> over and over again <laughs> so anyways Wampa Wampa everybody and uh, hope to see you next week adios Star Wars figures r 2 Chewbacca Luke and Princess Leia they are the Star Wars early bird set of figures
1: the action figures are not yet available but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display and certificate to get a set this podcast is not
0: endorsed by, by L- Lucasfilm Limited Hasbro Toys or 20th Century Fox, and, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars, all names and sounds of Star Wars characters, and any other Star Wars collected items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.